0: That's the news from RTHK.
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about the record-breaking deluge on Thursday night and Friday that brought uh, much of the city to a standstill. At least uh, two people died and more than 140 needed hospital treatment during Hong Kong's uh, longest-ever black rainstorm warning as the downpour caused millions of dollars in damage. Described as a once-in-500-years phenomenon, the rain was the heaviest since records began 139 years ago with a record hourly rainfall of more than 158 millimetres recorded between 11pm and midnight on Thursday. There was serious flooding on many roads with some drivers having to abandon their vehicles, a number of bus routes were cancelled and MTR lines disrupted with Wangtai sin Station heavily inundated. A nearby shopping mall was also badly damaged. Some uh, people complained of a lack of warning, although weather scientists say that compared with typhoons, the severity of rainstorms can be more difficult to predict. Meanwhile, hundreds of civil servants have been deployed under the government's uh, system to strengthen disaster relief efforts. Were you affected? What did you make of the response? Uh, get in touch. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88-266. That's 23388266. Joining us now on the line, we have uh, Dr. Martin Williams, uh, founder of uh, Hong Kong Outdoors, um, also has a PhD in physical chemistry and has uh, studied uh, weather patterns. On the line from Singapore, we have Professor Benjamin Horton, director of the Earth Observatory of uh, Nanyang Technological University. And after 9.30, we'll be hearing from uh, Leung Wing Mo, former assistant director of the observatory. And from 9.45, uh, we'll be talking to Christine Fong, the Kung district councillor, about the situation over in that part uh, of Hong Kong. Um, but first of all, uh, uh, perhaps uh, Professor Horton, we can come to you first. Good morning. Benjamin Horton uh, good, good morning. Good morning. Oh, good. Thanks. Um, so in Hong Kong, here in Hong Kong, we've had uh, uh, within the space of a week, we've had a serious typhoon. The, the number ten signal issued, uh, which is which is the strongest in our. Uh, warning uh, scale um, followed by uh, last Thursday and Friday um, the longest ever a black rainstorm warning Uh, as I mentioned in the intro a record record amount of rainfall there. Um, How easy or difficult can it be to predict uh, rainfall amounts uh, in rainstorms compared with typhoons? Well
2: generally um You know, climate change just causes more extremes. There are a variety of, you know, basic laws of physics that the climate system um, obeys. So, for every one degree temperature increase, you get about seven percent more water vapor in the atmosphere. So, if you have more water vapor in the atmosphere, you're going to get greater magnitudes of rainfall. Also, if we look at all the observations, when the rain does come down, it usually comes down in a heavy deluge. So scientists, when we think about all these events, the events in Hong Kong, the events we've seen elsewhere in the world, they don't surprise the scientific community because we've been predicting that this would occur if we didn't reduce our greenhouse gases. But what always surprises me, perhaps not as a scientist, but just as a citizen, is just how unprepared we are for these. You know, typhoons, we've known again, scientifically, that they're going to increase in number, Um, They're going to increase in magnitude. They are going to move at a slower speed, so they stay over a location for a longer period of time, Mm. giving higher wind speeds and much higher rainfall. This has all been there for five to 10 years now. We get better and better results, more and more accuracy. But governments throughout the world, where are the success stories in being resilient to these extremes? The final thing I would say is that in your introduction, you said that the event was classified as a one in five hundred year event. Mm-hmm. You can mark my words that you won't be waiting another five hundred years <laughs> for the next event. I wouldn't be surprised if it occurs this year or next year. That is misleading. These events that used to occur once every generation are now occurring every several years.
1: Yes, we, 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 we've been warned by uh, scientists uh, such as yourself that because of uh, a global warming, uh, we can expect a lot more of these uh, extreme weather events and much more frequently. So uh, you're saying that... Um, well, yeah, exactly that. Uh, something, some, you know, as a storm as heavy as this could, uh, could come along, you know, before too long.
2: Yeah. OK, so, so let me give you a specific example based upon what I have studied in my career. So um, similar to what happened in Hong Kong back in 2012, Hurricane Sandy barreled into New York City. So we did a study to try and look at the impacts of climate change on that event in 2012 and then where it would be headed in the future. So we stated that without climate change, an event like Hurricane Sandy would occur once every 500 years. With climate change at that present day in 2012, it was around a one in 50 year event. However, if we didn't do anything about greenhouse gases, and we haven't, an event like Hurricane Sandy will hit New York City once every five years by 2050 and will be an annual event before the end of this century. That event at the time in 2012, thousands of lives were affected, hundreds of lives were lost and there was $70 billion worth of damage. New York City can't withstand that. So again, Historically, an event that such are those high rainfalls that Hong Kong received without climate change, yes, may be a one in 500 year event, but not now. And as we go into the future, it'll just become more and more frequent. And we're going to have to live with this. Hmm. We're going to have to live with this. So cities have to become resilient. Climate change is not going away now. This climate emergency is the new normal. It's not going away. It can get a lot worse, but...
3: <laughs> OK, I think before we depress our audience even more, but I think we must take these points on board, Professor. Can I just ask, how unusual is that amount of rain? Because for us, we, we it's astonishing. But what, how does that compare with other places, for example, like in Africa or in other parts of Asia, like Thailand, where it is heavy rain? It's 158 oh, yeah. millimetres in an hour. Is that exceptional? Yeah. It's exceptional for us, but...
2: Of course it's exceptional. You broke a record that had stood for 174 years. So it's exceptional for Hong Kong. Yes.
3: But how, how exceptional is it for the rest of the world?
2: Well, that's something I don't know. I mean, you'd have to compare the heavy rainfall that existed in Hong Kong with heavy rainfall in other areas, particularly the tropics that are subject to extensive thunderstorms. But each city will have its own extreme. When I saw the event in Hong Kong, one of the things I asked a Singaporean government official is, is Singapore prepared for an event that has never been seen before? And that's what all cities need to think about.
1: Okay, uh, um, Martin Williams, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, what do you think of our state of preparedness for events like this?
4: It's pitiful, really. It's become pretty good over the years with floods, but it's, it's a kind of responsive rather than anticipating what will happen in future. So the huge tunnels that you could drive a double-decker bus through that are above... Uh, central and Kowloon I think both both sides now with with catchments feeding into them that's supposed to stop the flooding into that into the city and will have reduced a lot so we didn't have things like multiple cars on top of each other like in the 60s so we've responded to those but we haven't responded to uh the the threat of typhoons which are increasing, and and as and we we are going to see them slowing over us. We've just mm-hmm. seen intense rainfall. We just had Doksuri go towards the the north and hit Beijing, yeah. and, and then onwards <laughs> with rain. This one astonishing for this, and we're not prepared for storm surge. I think a lot of people barely know what storm surge is until Mankut hit. And if you'd seen the forecasts of six meter. Uh, tide uh, sea level rise or rising to six meters or so in in the Taipu area, that would have been devastating it didn 't happen, but it was shown on on the uh, models that there 's a potential for that we 're really not ready for that, and we're kind of carrying on regardless with like the reclamation at Kaui Chow, building an incinerator off Sheku Chow, various things that are just a cavalier attitude to having a lot of reclaimed land with very, very little protection from extreme weather events that are only going to worsen and increase in magnitude and frequency over over the coming years. This year will, like a cartoon that people might have seen where it says, this is the the hottest year of my life, and then a guy saying, no, this is the coldest coldest year of the rest of your life. And that is what we're, we're, we're facing, and the mm. city is not ready for it. We have a feeble feeble um, climate change policy.
3: Do you think... Um We need to do much more in terms of elementary planning, basic planning, um, for these kind of future.
4: It's partly that. It's partly, instead of an an awful lot of money going on the Kau chow reclamation, which is a pretty dubious uh, benefit anyway, the arguments for it are very tenuous, then instead of spending billions on that, maybe we should be putting billions into other things. Is there some way, say, of storm surge waves? We might not be able to stop the sea rising, but can we slow it down as it goes through the harbour? We can't really build a Thames barrier. I think think that's impractical. But there must be something more we can do. The drainage, yes, the planning, the informing people what storm surge means. Having car parks, we've just seen Wong Tai Sin station flooded, and I've talked with a, a different director, ex-director of the observatory, who, who told me that the MTR stations could flood. A big storm surge inundating the north of Hong Kong Island and into Kowloon could hit more than just a single MTR station with salt water pouring in. And, you know, we we saw that with Hurricane Sandy that was just mentioned. So, you know, hitting the New York subway, we're vulnerable to that. And we're not really doing anything anything about it except ignore it till maybe it occurs.
3: And then um, I think you're making the point that we we should be looking then um, at our drainage uh, situation in the light of this new situation that we are
4: yeah very very much so i know that chartin was built something like 2 meters above planning because of climate change and ideas of storm surge to that area but now we need to look at even more than that for the city and also to, for, to get engineers and people to say can we have a usable harbor but maybe there's a thing for concrete barriers that that become islands or i don't know what That will help defend as and when a a really big typhoon comes in and hits us with a big surge, because it will happen. It's happened historically. It's happened often enough in the past that you can pretty much guarantee, even without climate change. You add it, the sea level is up a little bit. The storms are a bit more more impactful. and, And we need to be looking at that. But instead, we have a rather bland. Thing And then the Technopole, say, the, the the Technopole at Santin is going to be on, on land that just flooded. You could see pictures of flooded fish pond area. And they say they're going to have a sponge as though, you know, and, and I know that Singapore's got something of a sponge city approach. But that would very quickly soak up everything. All the wetlands would suddenly fill with water in a big flood, and then, then the Technopole would flood. And you don't have to build on dangerous areas like that.
1: Right. Okay. A message here from a listener, uh, Leon, it was actually first sent on Friday, I think, Friday morning. Uh, uh, I don't recall hearing or reading any warning from the Hong Kong Observatory that uh, Hong Kong would experience the type of rain that we've seen over the past several hours. If that is the case, senior management at the observatory uh, should be fired for incompetence and negligence. Okay. Uh, thank you, uh, Leon. Uh, as mentioned, we'll have the former assistant director of the observatory on um, after the uh, break Break at nine thirty, but um, um, Professor Horton, I know you you can stay with us until half past nine. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, this research that you've done between uh, Nanyang Technological University and uh, and Macquarie University in Australia uh, about the risk to coastal cities of uh, rising sea levels owing to uh, global warming. I mean, is is there anything that we can do about that, Uh, um, Brian Horton?
2: Okay, so this. Hello, um, hello um, yes. this paper that we we wrote we wrote it recently in the the benchmark journal Nature. It came out about a week or so ago yeah. was to have a look at the impact of a warming world on any of our nature based solutions to coastal adaptation so Promoted throughout, especially in Southeast Asia, is the use of mangroves to protect a shoreline, store carbon, increase biodiversity. Elsewhere in the world, we use marshes, we use oyster reefs, we use coral reefs. And this paper basically said that all those efforts would be in vain if we didn't control our greenhouse gas emissions, because the rates of sea level rise would be so rapid that these mangroves or corals or tidal wetlands would um, basically drown in place. When we think about hard engineering, hard engineering, we've got an issue here. So if I was listening um, to the previous very detailed conversation about land reclamation and further planning in Hong Kong, what I would ask the Hong Kong authorities is are, do they have, I've got a background mute noise, yes, do it's they a, have a um, center of excellence for coastal? This is one of the things that Singapore has just brought online. Right. So trying to think of where are the best examples around the world for protecting the shoreline. And there are many of examples of those. We think about the Netherlands or New Orleans, new construction that's existing in New York City and in Houston, trying to bring the best examples here in singapore and having a center of excellence because one of the things that we have to try and deal with with climate change is number one as i started this it's here now we can't do anything about it we're going to continue to have those heavy rainfall events high storm surges flooding of our inland areas so how do we adapt the second thing that we have to deal with is some form of uncertainty because we don't know how heavy the rain will be in the future it could be much greater we know that storm surges will get larger how much larger we know sea levels will rise how much higher and there's that element of uncertainty and engineering traditionally does not deal with uncertainty very very well so you've got to try and bring together people scientists engineers architecture planning to try and have this and that's what i would say singapore is perhaps leading on is that it's seen the problem and has developed a center of excellence in engineering and has pumped some dollars in there to do the research and development but it'll be worth its weight in gold in the future where singapore is able to know how to protect its city Mm -hmm. and you know in hong kong i mean you started the program saying that you know lives were lost by that event that cannot happen because it should not happen. You should be better prepared, and you should protect your residents. And having a yeah. centre of excellence, studying the best practices around the world, is a significant step forward. Mm.
1: I think. I think. Yeah. One person was swept away by the by the strength of the uh, flood waters. Um, yeah. You
3: what know. do we? You, uh, these forecasts are difficult. Um, but what is the latest estimate of how much sea levels? are going to rise in the next 10 20 years?
2: Well how much of sea level is going to rise in the next 10 to 20 years is quite stable like we know what's going to happen because it's sort of like a mission scenario um independent because Sea level rise, the rate of sea level rise we see today in the next 20 or 30 years is based around the carbon dioxide emissions over the last 150 years. It's cumulative. Carbon dioxide sits in our environment. So global average sea level will go up around 30, 25 to 30 centimetres by 2050. You may not think that's a lot. However, over the last 150 years, it only went up 20 centimeters, but that's the global average. Really where the state of the art is, Is we know what the global average is because we can compute how much an ice sheet will melt or how much an ocean will warm the real state of the art is trying to think of it on a local basis and again that's where the science is what will it be in Singapore what will it be in New York City what will it be in Hong Kong Bangkok Jakarta will vary greatly for example in Jakarta and Manila in Asia by 2050, their amounts of sea level rise will be double the global average to around 50 centimetres, because in those regions, the land is sinking, amplifying the effect of an ocean rising.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I, I take your point there, because it's, it's, it's about two feet that you're, you're saying, the number, but, it, but it's not going to be two feet everywhere. It, and from time to time, it will be vastly more with these yes yes i
2: mean yeah so that again so that you know like that's where you have partnerships between engineers and scientists so again the earth observatory of Singapore that i'm director of we did a project where we looked at how much the land was sinking in the 50 largest cities in the world we now have that data and now it's given to cities around the world so they can better plan do you see we live in this most fortunate of times we have the problem of climate change we're not accurately able to predict precipitation but we're able to make regions more resilient we're able now to better spend taxpayers money we just need to have better communication better education we need to know where to get the best advice and we need to talk climate change will affect every single person. It won't be separated by political boundaries. So we really need to work together on this. And that's one of the things why I like appearing on your radio show, because (laughs) I like appearing on your radio show, because we can try and get a message from a different part of the world, quite a close neighbor, but a different part of the world here in Singapore. And we have areas of expertise that Hong Kong does not and vice versa. The engineering practices in Hong Kong are superior. Their coastal adaptation are superior to what we're doing here in Singapore because we haven't even started here in Singapore. We're behind the eight ball. We're rapidly trying to catch up.
3: Mm. Now, that, well, Jakarta, I think, they're, Indonesia—they're building a new capital, aren't they? Because they—they they think the yeah, old so one is Jaka- sinking.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so we did some work in Jakarta where we used satellite imagery to show how fast the city was sinking, and in certain places, the city was sinking around ten centimeters per year when we think about climate change and all these problems with flooding our oceans are rising at four millimeters per year areas of jakarta are sinking at 10 centimeters per year so climate change was one of the factors when they were thinking that they have to abandon the city because they're aware that in the future it will be unsustainable and a better metric is to move to a new city however there's a caveat to that For the new city, are they aware of the future environmental changes that will occur for climate change? And one of the things I would like us to think about is, do you think they've thought of this? Mm. I am unsure Mm. that, that, again, we have this idea that, well, climate change is something for the future. It's something for our grandchildren or our children. No, you guys have just experienced it. You've experienced climate change. And this will happen
1: again and again okay uh, Martin Williams um how vulnerable do you think uh, we are to uh, a repeat of events like this and uh, rising sea levels
4: I think the the rainfall event may be you know in 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 time but the main thing is really storm surge for hong kong and i think we're vulnerable if you look back at the 1937 62 and other typhoons they brought severe storm surge and and an increased storm surge so we're not as vulnerable to rainfall and and i think that this work this was mitigated a lot by the drainage system so it would have been even worse before but the storm surge we're just wide open to I've just flicked through a a paper based on Mankot, and they're on about walls to to try and stop the waves coming over. But the waves can be much, much bigger than with Mankot in in a real big typhoon hitting Hong Kong and the Pearl River area. Shenzhen as well has just been exposed, and uh, there's a terrible amount in the Pearl River Delta with people who just don't know.
3: Why do you think it is that the administrations don't seem to be taking this as seriously and as urgently as it needs to be taken.
4: I think because it seems to be like it. Maybe it seems to be in the history books. You look at wonder photos. What about 1937? It seems a long time ago. You would maybe imagine people living in just bamboo houses, but it wasn't. There were big ocean-going steamers smashed ashore and, and brought in ashore and, and off their moorings. Br- brick structures, stone-built structures that, that that were knocked away, reaching the railway track at Shartin with, with waves washing up and washing around the, the railway line. So... These these things were very real then, but we've been lucky with Hong Kong since Wanda. When I, I came here in the eighties, I kept hearing about typhoons. Took a long time before a proper typhoon hit. There was like Typhoon York, what, nineteen ninety? Then eventually we we took and Mancut just really surprised a lot of people, I think, to see what storm surge in the city can look like. But you know, <clears throat> that, that, that that was a bit of a pick squeak compared to what's possible. Mancut had powered down and was a strange shape when it hit us. Hmm.
1: Okay, uh, well thanks, we'll we'll stay with us, uh, Martin Williams. Uh, uh, Time for us to say uh, thank you and goodbye for now to uh, Professor Benjamin Horton, Director of the Earth Observatory of uh, Singapore at Nanyang Technological University. Uh, We'll resume the conversation uh, in two or three minutes time. Uh, We're going to take a a short break for a news summary. and a couple of government announcements. quick look at the weather, mainly cloudy today with showers. Uh, Showers will be more frequent with thunderstorms in some areas. Top temperature around 28 degrees. Uh, The outlook, showers will lessen and it will be brighter in the next couple of days. Weather will be unsettled in the latter part of the week. Currently, the uh, thunderstorm warning is uh, in effect and so is the land warning. It's 27 degrees, humidity
0: 89%. (laughs) You summary with Ben Che. Ten schools have announced that there will be no face-to-face classes today after Friday's torrential rains caused damage to the campuses. One of them, the Silesian English School in Shao Kei says it's carrying out a full check on its campus today. The president of the Spanish Football Federation, Luis Rubiales, has resigned. Mr. Rubiales had until now refused to quit after he forcibly kissed one of the players in Spain's winning women's World Cup team in August. In a statement, he said he had submitted his resignation to the federation's acting president. And the presidents of Chile and Mexico have made a joint appeal for the strengthening of democracy in Latin America as they mark the 50th anniversary of the military coup led by General Pinochet. President Boric said Chile recognized the support of Mexico in accepting more than 3,000 Chileans following the ousting of Salvador Allende. I'll have more news at 10.00. Check out the new fixed penalty prices across Hong Kong. Littering, 3,000. Spitting, 3,000. Unauthorized display of bills, 3,000. Fouling of street by dog feces or dirtying public places, the sea, or country parks is subject to an increased fine of 3,000. Meanwhile, shopfront extension or illegal disposal of a large amount of waste is subject to an increased fine of 6,000. The new penalties take effect from October twenty 2023. Don't pay the price. Keep our city clean.
3: In Hong Kong, close to 600,000 people smoke every day. The hazards of smoking are affecting each of us. Don't want to be around secondhand smoke when walking down the streets? Don't want your kids to be tempted by cigarettes and candy flavors and fancy packages? Want some convenient and effective ways to help your family members quit smoking? The vibrant, healthy and tobacco-free Hong Kong public consultation on tobacco control strategies has started. Visit tobacco-free.gov.hk and share your views on or before September 30th.
0: You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 23388 266 and have your say.
1: And welcome back to Back Chat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And this morning we're talking about uh, the record rainfall uh, at the latter part of last week and the response uh, to it. Uh, we have uh, with us uh, Martin Williams, founder of uh, Hong Kong Outdoors. And um, also joining us now is uh, Leung Wing Mo, who's an adjunct professor at the Department of Land Surveying and Geoinformatics at the Polytechnic University. And <coughs> as you may well know, is a former assistant director of the Hong Kong Observatory. Um, Lung Wing Mo, good morning to you.
5: Good morning. Uh, th-
1: thanks, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, so th- there's a lot of uh, attention on the, uh, the storm, uh, the rainstorm uh, warning system. Obviously, we have uh, amber, then red, and then black. And and the way yeah. these uh, warnings are, are issued, uh, uh, could you just uh, fill us in, you know, just give us a little bit of background about uh, uh, who's taking the decision and, uh, and what are the factors involved uh, other than... If there are other factors other than the amount of rain that's fallen or is expected to fall,
5: well, normally for rainstorm warning, uh, it's the duty forecaster who who make the decision. Uh, but uh, of course, I don't know uh, what happened uh, uh, last Friday when we have the black rainstorm warning. Uh, it could be up to the assistant director or even the director who uh, who. Who, uh, who, who is uh, taking part in the whole decision-making process. Uh, but um, uh, whoever is making the decision-making process, it is based on uh, professional judgment. It is based on what we call now-casting knock, knock uh, system, for, particularly for rainstorm. Uh, now-casting, as opposed to forecasting, is that uh, we focused on the development of rainstorm in the next few hours, as opposed to forecasting which can extend up to maybe a week ahead or 10 days ahead. The reason for the development of the nowcasting system is that rainstorms are notoriously difficult to forecast uh, because of its random nature, because of its interaction with complex terrain, and because of its short lifetime, it comes and goes very quickly. So sometimes, I mean, I have been working in the Hong Kong Observatory for 30 years, and the largest challenge then was rainstorm warning. And <laughs> the challenge now, I think, is still rainstorm warning. We have not, 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 not a lot of problem with forecasting typhoons. And if you talk about winter monsoons, I think the Hong Kong Observatory is very, very good uh, uh, in pinpointing when the cold air is going to arrive. But for rainstorm, it is still a headache. Uh, This is not to say that the Hong Kong Observatory is uh, lacking behind the global community in that aspect. As a matter of fact, um, uh, the meteorological meteorological community all over the world uh, has been fighting, uh, working towards... uh, uh, forecasting this kind of weather system.
3: Yes, because it's very, uh, c- very clear that we, over the years, over the decades, we've got quite good, you know, not 100% perfect, but quite good at forecasting typhoons, but these uh, heavy showers seem to catch us by surprise every t- almost every time.
5: What, what indeed, sort of thing indeed. can we do? Um, I, I, I think the ultimate solution is uh, scientific and technological solutions. But, um, you know, uh, the scientific development and technological advancement takes lots of time. And um, and I mean, uh, I think there is also one fundamental issue, which is that uh, scientists, uh, even at this point in time, do not understand the mechanism of brainstorm 100 percent. So this is this is one uh, major um, uh, uh, problem with the with the weather forecasting of, of such a uh, system of such short, uh, short time scale. And the other uh, problem is the inherent complexity of rainstorm, such that even with the highest, I mean, the high power computer nowadays, uh, we still cannot simulate the actual situation 100%. So uh, if we can't simulate the actual situation, we have to do approximation. And when we do our approximation, we uh, we introduce errors. And that errors will magnify uh, as time goes on. And therefore, that leads to uh, uh, uncertainty and also fallacy um, uh, in terms of uh, uh, warnings. So, so that's the current situation.
4: I, I, no- I noticed on the rainfall map as well that Saikong eastern Saikong had... Pretty little little rain over Chung Chow, where I live. There wasn't too much rain, and then there was like a belt across across, and it hit the main urban areas with about a half a metre or more of rain from 800 millimetres in Stanley northwards. So, it it was a pretty narrow, almost like a river of rainfall falling for a for a protracted period over that area. And yeah, and and that surely makes the forecasting in detail much harder. Hmm.
5: Yeah, Yeah, I like your your analogy, a river of rainfall. Uh, As a matter of fact, the Chinese counterpart, counterpart, I mean the meteorologists in in China, uh, described the situation as a train event. You know, uh, on, on that day where we have the Black Rainstorm Warning, uh, the rain, the heaviest rainfall is not distributed uniformly. We have some areas which is uh, affected by very heavy rainfall, but other areas are just moderate. Uh, but unluckily, the, 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 the configuration of the rain belt is that, such that it is north-south oriented. And then the whole rain belt is moving from, from south to north, uh, across Hong Kong. So which means that when one rainstorm passes over Hong Kong and then another is going to follow, so we have a prolonged period of very heavy rainfall. So uh, to a certain extent, uh, we were lucky. We were unlucky uh, because we, we were affected by this this kind of what we call a uh, train effect or, or uh, the river of rain. Right.
3: I was intrigued by your comment about uh, the effect of topography on the heaviness of the rain. So it could be then quite a localized difference.
5: Obviously, obviously, uh, but uh, because of the um, uh, situation, I mean, because of the, um, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Because of the um, uh, the fact that the whole system lasted for a long time, uh, then I think Hong Kong, most part of Hong Kong is affected by very heavy rainfall. Uh, normally, for for rainstorm situation. It comes and go within one or at most two hours but in this situation it affected hong kong for a prolonged period of time so i mean the, 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 it put hong kong into a complete havoc
1: mm-hmm. um, martin williams uh, do you think we uh, we would benefit from a more detailed forecasting or, or warning system or would, are there any sort of changes that you would suggest
4: well of course we'd benefit from it but we've just heard how very very difficult it is mm. to to implement that we can think about it but but actually implementing it is really hard i think getting information out at the time we heard about a message went out on facebook at half past 1 about stay inside but there wasn't wasn't so much top level messaging going out at the time that that, could, that might have emerged from within government it's quite quite a contrast really to the to the typhoon, as the typhoon was coming in, there was multiple warnings, and also I, I suspect that the timing—I mean, this hit what 11 o'clock at night, midnight. A lot of people in bed, and um, probably a lot of a lot of people are off work by then. The kind of people who might get involved in a in a response. So we're not that geared up. And it's September. Who expects really a, a big rainfall event in September? It even now that today we've got thunderstorm landslip warning. So we're into a changed climate and a changing weather weather system and it might and it's this year it's changing faster than most climate scientists expected so it's pretty hard for forecasters and for others to to kind of keep up with what's happening with the, with the climate
1: uh, actually uh, as we speak uh, an announcement has popped up uh, on my screen in red uh, this is an announcement of localized heavy rain uh, and and uh, says rain is particularly heavy in the Sai Kung district with more than 70 millimeters of uh, hourly rainfall uh, fallen or expected to fall, and this may cause uh, some flooding. So, um, Long Wing Mo, so it, it is possible to issue those uh, warnings of uh, localized uh, heavy rain, isn't it?
5: Um, well, this is the practice that the observatory adopted um, a few years back. Mm. Um, uh, because of the difficulty of pinpointing exactly where the heavy rain is going to happen, uh, they mm-hmm. they simply uh, put the product of the now-casting system into a kind of um, alarm, uh, where to 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 make people aware that heavy rain is coming. But the situation was uh, is not. Such that uh, it warrants a, a a red or, or black rainstorm, so it is superseded. I mean, it it, it is um, preceded by this kind of of uh, alert, a uh, rain, rain no, alert.
1: Um, and, what, and what about forecasting uh, technology? I mean, do you, do you, uh, does the observatory rely on things like satellite imagery? I mean, for instance, uh, I mean, most of us have the observatory app. We can look at it. We can see where the rainfall is, which way it's moving, that kind of thing. So.
5: Yeah, yeah for 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 systems like typhoons and and other large uh, weather system uh, we rely heavily on satellite but for rainstorm uh, we rely uh, mostly on radar, radar. and uh, yeah. the the data of the radar is input into the nowcasting system which is basically a com- uh, computer model uh, with different approaches uh, uh, from 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 long-term weather forecasting, uh, I understand that um, uh, the Hong Kong observ- observ- observatory has been trying uh, every means to improve the uh, the uh, weather forecast, in particular the short-term weather forecast, and they are starting to use AI uh, in a tr- sort of trial and error uh, t- a trial 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 uh, stage. So hopefully with uh, AI uh, complementing with the uh, traditional uh, computer modeling, uh, we would expect a significant improvement in Rainstorm. But as I said, um, technological advancement right. takes a lot of time.
3: Earlier in the show, before, before you came online, uh, Professor Horton from Singapore was talking about the creation there of this uh, special team, a special unit, um, to go into a lot more depth about climate change and uh, how we could bring back best techniques from around the world for coping with it. Do we have enough uh, units uh, with enough expertise in Hong Kong?
5: I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, the, the fact that we were totally devastating, by the, devastated by the brainstorm. Uh, shows us that we are not prepared. Um, The the, the effect of climate change affecting uh, the severity of weather uh, is well recognized by all government departments, the GEO, the the fire services department, in particular Hong Kong observatory, the EPD and so forth and so on. Uh, So they are doing... Um, uh, they're, they're, they're making efforts to improve the resilience of Hong Kong in in, in the face of uh, severe weather, but obviously that is not uh, is not enough. We have to work much much harder. Than,
3: than, right, uh, and and,
4: uh, and, it, and it and it take, takes belief and acceptance within the high levels of government and within the sort of engineering. Sub, uh, Community as well to to not think that you know we can engineer our way out of this. You can think like Japan, where an airport got flooded and it was by a typhoon, and it wasn't supposed to. It's supposed to last a hundred years before any flood could happen. Very soon after building it, so engineers can think that they they're resistant to it, but it's very hard to imagine what 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 can happen. And things can be transformative. We heard of Sandy earlier on and Katrina. That that really transformed uh, New Orleans, so. and we we could get eventually a, a a transformative. The observatory dated from, originated because of a major typhoon that slammed Hong Kong, and the re- the need for for better forecasting. But the infrastructure, you shouldn't just carry on building infrastructure as if it's still nineteen seventy. And I think that's that's a lot a lot what people are still doing. They and they've heard of it and we heard earlier on that, you know, the idea it's for later on and your grandkids might suffer and that's an old outdated notion now. And, you know, when the when you hear the IPCC and others warning that, that we're in a sort of civilization threatening changes going on in the earth's climate system but i think that idea hasn't permeated i think it's there in the observatory and various other people know very well but some outside it um they still lag behind and you shouldn't wait till you're slammed by a big typhoon uh, or, or, or or an increased rainfall. You can see the hourly rainfall records increase eighty eight hundred millimeters. Turn of the century, it's about hundred. Now we then we hit one hundred and thirty. Then we hit one hundred and fifty. So the next time is going is going to increase again.
1: Okay. All right. Well, thank you both uh, very much for joining us on the programme this morning. That was uh, Dr. Martin Williams, founder of Hong Kong Outdoors. And thanks very much to Lung Wing Mo, adjunct professor at the Department of Land Surveying and Geoinformatics at the Polytechnic University and former assistant director of the Hong Kong Observatory. 95 95 years
6: years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Hong Kong. Kong. I'm Gilly of Consumer Council. Happy birthday, RTHK, for your 95th anniversary. May I wish you always filled with positive energy, continue to discover and report accurate, impartial, and objective consumer news for consumers to shop smartly every day.
2: 95 years of public service broadcasting.
0: 95 Stay, years. Tuned. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. With Hong Kong.
1: And we're going to continue uh, our conversation about uh, the record rainfall and the, uh, the following uh, clear-up operation. We're joined now on the line by Christine Fong, uh, Saikong District Councillor, uh, who also good has morning. an engineering background. Uh, Christine Fong, good morning to you.
6: Good morning. Good morning, Team
1: um, and Mike. Yeah, mm. thanks, thanks very much for joining us. Um, yeah, um, we, we did want to talk uh, a bit uh, as well about the, the government's uh, response uh, to uh, the record rainfall last Thursday and Friday and uh, more rain over the weekend. And we've seen teams of civil servants uh, sent out, sent up to Fun Ling to help uh, clear up the roads. Uh, they're also helping out with the, the evacuation of uh, Sheko um, on the yeah. south side of Hong Kong Island, uh, uh, cut off there for a time because of the, because of the landslide... Uh, 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 damage the road. Um, 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 w- what do you think of those efforts?
6: Uh, I think uh, the whole government are uh, putting effort to uh, assist all the residents in, in all areas, in, in all area, uh, particularly in my constituency. I think we in Sai and Clearwater Bay. We also faced a similar case in uh, Shek O. We uh, yes uh, last night. We have a uh, we have a building uh, called uh, you know a landslide in front of the their slope in Tam Shiro in Clearwater Bay. So the government also helped to evacuate, uh, evac- uh, help the residents to evacuate, do the evacuation as well. So uh, landslide are uh, seriously uh, seriously in all over the area in in our area as well. Uh, I believe, uh, because, uh, the rest, uh, the observatory remind us, heavy rain in Saikong district, particularly heavy, uh, rainfall expected, uh, expected exceeding 70 mm millimeter yes. may cause serious flooding in Saikong right now. Yeah. So, uh, and in fact, this morning, this early morning in Shen as well, we also, uh, being hit in, uh, rain, you know, heavy raining. So, I, I would say, you know, most of the slope, we, we have many slope all over in, in Saikong and Kiwode Bay, especially, uh, those village house or even wheelers, they, they are, you know, uh, facing these, uh, difficulties right now. So I think we have to see, wait and see uh, any, anywhere need help. I think the government will, you know, absolutely will go out and, and, you know, first of all, uh, the safety of the residents are most important. Yeah. And then, and, and then, um, do, do, uh, you know, uh, po- probably, uh, how to reinstate uh, the slope, uh, that would be the next step. Right. That, that I, I can see. And also some flood, many, uh, major roads in our area were seriously flooded. Just like, uh, we have a main road, uh, the tunnel, Changwano tunnel, right now, we hit the traffic to Kuntong, because uh, there's a flyover to Kuntong Road, and that is uh, that was a flood, seriously flood right now. So, I, unfortunately, we have another horse uh, bay bridge right now, so we have to let the residents know which road should take to Kowloon and and let them, you know, uh, have less effect. Uh,
3: climate change is now, I think, r- recognises... Inevitable, and it's here, and it's it's here forever. Um, Do you think we take enough account of it in our planning, in the planning for Cyclone district, for example?
0: I,
6: I believe uh, we. uh, I I certainly, I agree that climate change is seriously affect our our weather. Uh, Everything has been changed. We have never been hit by such a rainstorm before. So, uh, I believe, I strongly believe that, uh, th- everything, the capacity of existing drainage channels, uh, should increase, uh, or not, not just the drainage, but also, you know, all the, uh, all the areas, uh, for example, we have many slopes. So whenever, uh, have such a rainstorm, uh, including those garbage, uh, you know, all being covered by those drainage. So, so how can we, Solve those problems uh, during the heavy rain rainfall, and those uh, are the coming next step that uh, the government should uh, reconsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, we see there are many uh, muddy water flood to the uh, sea soil That those are caused by unstable uh, natural slope in our uh, in our mountain. Uh, in all over in Sai Kung and Clearwater Bay, and as well as Changhuano. No. So, uh, I know uh, some of the departments like CEDD, uh, Civil Engineering Development Department, and uh, Building Department, a uh, GEO, uh, Geotechnical Engineering Department, they all con- uh, co- will consider to design some more uh, sand wells before. Ha- they hope to, you know, track some sands before the natural storm. You know, because of the rainfall, they they still have some muddy yellow water, yellow muddy water to the seesaw. So, mm. so that kind of thing, they they need to reconsider due to such a uh, such a rainstorm. I, we- I believe that it will continue to come. Yes. Uh, Do we need to be more c- careful about giving
3: planning approval for? construction of small houses on, on slopes?
6: Um, I think, um, as, uh, as some of our expertise engineers said, uh, you know, if, if the mountain is 10 meter high, be, behind your house, you have to keep away from 10 meters. So, unless they, the, unless they build a, a, you know, a strong or, you know, enough uh, retaining wall, uh, then they, that, that could be so that's why I, I agree that to a certain extent the, the leveling or uh, you know the expectation will, we should increase the degree of safety the safety factor should you know keep, keep going up due to uh, those unstable uh, weather situations right
3: and, and also I'm worried about a blocking of stormwater drains by carelessness um, yes. I was thinking particularly when bamboo scaffolding is erected and there's lots of plastic ties in the corner to keep yes. the scaffolding together, and when the building is finished and the, and the scaffolding is removed, nobody seems to sweep up the plastic ties. The only place they're going to go is into the stormwater
6: drain. I totally agree. I think that those are ca- not just careless. I, I think some contractor, they purposely just dump on the side of the road. Some of the uh, scaffolding, uh, bambooing things uh, are all, all along. And so that's why I think the government should, you know, take more action, uh, to enforce and make sure those, you know, the street or everywhere, you know, without, you know, garbage to block the drainage system. So those are, I think, each department should, you know, uh, take more action and review the standard, uh, you know, before before the heavy rainfall, you know, keep keep coming up and and also the rainstorm are you know crazy crazy high. Well, and, and also, yeah, they they should step to review the uh, and identify the flooding black spot in, in our constituencies. There are many, there are many. We should, you know. I think the next step for the government should, you know, do that.
1: Yeah, because uh, Sai Kung is a very uh, mountainous district, isn't it? So, True. so you, you you particularly, uh, you know, vulnerable to landslides and flooding up there.
6: Yes. Mm. And in fact, there are many trees have been falling down in our country park, inside the country park. I remember the typhoon mangoes, uh in year of uh, 2018.
1: 2018,
6: yeah. It took, me, it took me three to five years to clear up the trees, fallen trees, inside the mountain. So uh, there somehow, if uh, some village house or some uh, huge complex are right behind, uh, right right in front of, uh, behind the country park, then there, there will have many mosquitoes and things happen if you have fallen trees. If you don't clear up the Fallen trees. So I hope uh, this time in my constituency, I hope uh, government or even us uh, or even army help us to remove all those uh, fallen trees. But I think talking about more than 10,000 trees need to be removed during this typhoon and uh, heavy rainfall. That's
3: a huge so that number.
6: kind of thing. Yes, I believe so. Uh, last time, even mangoes, we have more than that. You know, all over. You know, in everywhere in Cygong Country Park, Cleaver uh, Bay. You know, Country Park, and as well as Trunkano. So there must have more than that. Is, <laughs> the two it, trees. Uh-huh.
3: Are you feeding back this as a district council? Are you feeding this back to the district council?
6: Yes. Yes. Well, I, I will certainly uh, reflect this kind of a uh, situation in my district council to to the government. Uh, I hope. Uh, Audit. I, I, I strongly believe. Uh, in fact, the department they, they all uh, gearing up the, the action. Uh, you know, t- during this uh, heavy rain flo- rainstorm uh, this week, this, uh, the, the past few days, they they are you know all gearing up. But uh, but I think they still still have many things to reveal. Okay. After you know the rainfall. All
1: right. Well, thanks very much. Uh, sorry, I'm afraid we're we're out of time. We have to bring it to a close there. But uh, uh, thank you for uh, joining us on the program. That was Christine Fong, uh, Sai Kung District Councillor. Um, thanks to our listeners, and thanks very much to you, Mike. It's good to have that on the spot, people, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. People on the spot, and uh, a reminder, yeah, that there's a, an, a, an announcement of localized uh, heavy rain in Sai Kung at the moment. Um, Stay with us, We've got a new summary coming up uh, in a few seconds time, followed by brunch with Noreen.